Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Out of the tunnel, onto the floor for the second half of Sports Talk. So glad you're with us. I'm Scott Beatty, and Evan Kahn has tagged in with you this hour. We're going to visit with Colin Likas a little bit as we are in the thick of it for Preps postseason play in basketball. Matt Stevens will join us as well from IlliniGuys.com. Last hour, we talked with Illinois football coach Brett Bielma. If you missed that, be a part of the podcasts at our website and some of the places where you get your podcasts. And uh, we also touched on some big basketball news, uh, some very serious and some not quite as serious. The serious is Jaden Epps is uh, out or has been out and was hospitalized with a basketball injury that he suffered in practice. Apparently got very serious and his family had come in. Uh, Lauren told us uh, from his the sources that it's a concussion um, and uh, unknown for his status in the near or distant future for the, uh, this season. And when it's that kind of nature of seriousness, you really, um, yeah, you really think basketball is kind of a secondary thing. Um, but, but uh, wishing all the best for Jaden Epps and he's out of the hospital, according to Matthew Meyer and Terrence Shannon, who said they saw him today around the apartments and on a lighter note, uh, Matthew Meyer got caffeine poisoning. <laughs> so I got back from talking with Matthew Meyer about his six monster <laughs> drink uh, binge. and Is it five I, or six? I've seen conflicting reports. Well, he said he had one monster before the game and then five more after the game. And uh, I decided to skip the afternoon coffee. <laughs> Now, now you're second-guessing everything. You know, there is a well-traveled story in my family about the time. There was a time in my life where I didn't drink a lot of caffeine okay. at all, and I just didn't do coffee. And I, I mixed a, 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 a. a you went a for the full Mountain Dew. I, 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 I had to drive, and I was in charge of the drive, and and I was driving my parents, and we were in Florida, and I had a cup of coffee on the way out to where we were going, and then after dinner had an espresso for the first time in my life, <laughs> and then also it had a very dark chocolate, probably laced with espresso type of dessert, and didn't realize it. Well, several hours later, when my heart is jumping out <laughs> of my chest for some reason I can't figure out, <laughs> um, I, I thought. I, I thought I got to go to the hospital. I'm done. Um, I don't. That's the closest I've gotten to whatever caffeine poisoning might feel like. Um, it wasn't pleasant, but I didn't do it to go play video games. <laughs> I'm just because this is the same week that Mullet Meyer has returned. Yes. So I am imagining Matthew Meyer 
in his apartment, four and a half monsters deep, just grabbing the razors and like, this is this is the day. And <laughs> he gets the mullet. He finishes that that fifth or sixth or seventh monster. Who knows? The the story may grow as time goes on. And that was that was the limit. It, it, it probably isn't much of a, a joking matter, but just the the context of it all. Um, it's kind of funny. It, it it's one of those situations. I mean, he, like, he was he was at practice. He's telling the story, so so I I think we can laugh along with him. We're not laughing at him because no. I as you said, you know, I I had a, a few okay, overnighters. Okay, I'm laughing a little tiny bit at him. <laughs> We're in college, you know. You have a couple too many coffees, and, and it feels like the the letters are bouncing off the page as you were bouncing off the the seat of sorts. But. Well, and I thought you uh, appreciate coffee. Mm-hmm. As do I. I'm in a different stage where I, I really appreciate it. And then you also uh, like to do video games. I do, but I've never been much of a caffeine with my video games kind okay. of person. The caffeine's more to keep going during the day, you know, and I've learned that about five is my cutoff. If I keep drinking past then, then I'll be up too late. Yeah. Well, it all added up to too much caffeine for Matthew Meyer, and then he missed couple days of practice <laughs> could this, be this season is no shortage of storylines i thought last year we had we had the bingo card going with everything you were pointing it out last hour with the appendectomy and and ncaa since suspensions I, I mean they they hit a little bit of everything but they're they're taking it to another level this year yeah it, it's it's not you can't, good you can't this accuse, is not a judgment this is an observation it's the oddest team you can't I've accuse Illinois basketball of being boring no. for the last five years, six years since Brad Underwood's been here. Illinois right. basketball is not boring. No, and <laughs> they, they one day they may lay an egg on a Sunday morning against a team they're supposed to take care of. One day they're down 20 points or whatever it is against a team that was never supposed to be good but is really good, and they just, yeah, we'll, we'll take care of them and just completely shut off the water for them in the second half and come back on them. And some days we get caffeine poisoning. <laughs> and by the way, Matthew Meyer apparently had a, a deal going with a local haircut place, and that's why the mullet had to stay uh didn't make its appearance until now. Well, it needed it needed some growth to it as well because he came in with the the real shortcut. And if I I know anything uh, about well manicured hair, is it takes time. I can attest. Mm-hmm. These locks of splendor don't just happen. <laughs> Speaking of another well manicured man, it's Colin Likas who covers the high school scene for... Colin does have a good beard. Very very, very strong beard. Yeah, strong beard game. Colin, you are currently en route. The mobile preps office for the News Gazette is headed where? Uh, Altamont, Illinois, so about an hour and a half south, uh, going down to watch the Tuscola boys take on Effingham St. Anthony in a Class 1A sectional semifinal game. Should be be a good one. Their girls teams played uh, last week in the same atmosphere. My goodness. All right, so we have, well, first of all, you have St. Thomas More into state uh, on the girls' side. That had to be an electric atmosphere on, uh, what was it, Monday or Tuesday night? Monday. Yeah. Yep, Monday night. Yep, it was a fun atmosphere for sure. Um, Serena probably brought a few more people. Um, it's a 
it's a smaller town, so it kind of makes sense. I mean, St. Thomas More is in Champaign proper, which obviously you're not going to bring all of Champaign out to the game. But STM had a great uh, student section out there, good fan support from the parents and grandparents as well. And, uh, man, those uh, Sabres looked really good. I, I thought the game would be closer than it was, and I was pretty impressed with how STM handled Serena from a defensive perspective. Uh, but uh, now they have a really big test on their hands. they got a Division One athlete to handle tomorrow morning over at uh, not – not Redbird Arena, Sefku Arena. Um, should be a, a really interesting matchup against Christopher and Amaya Hargrove, whose dad uh, won a Super Bowl with the New Orleans Saints. So good good family genes there. At, absolutely. And St. Thomas More, more often than not, has, especially on, on the girls' side, has produced really strong teams. Uh, they won it all yeah. in – I was there. I called it, I want to say, 2014. Mm-hmm. You're right. Uh, Rhonda yep. Harshbarger and, and Lexi Wallen were part of that team. Yep. Yep, Lexi Wallen, not not a senior yet at that point, but she was still a really key player for that team. Um, yeah, that's the last time that STM made his, made it to state. It was in Class 2A. Uh, they're 1A this year. Obviously, that's an interesting dynamic with them. Their their IHSA enrollments listed around 250, so I mean that would be a 1A school you consider. But obviously, it's a non-boundary slash private school, so. Uh, we very soon could be seeing STM bump up to Class 2A as uh, the IHSA comes out of its kind of COVID time where uh, they kind of kept everything still, not moving around uh, within, with the uh, multipliers for private schools and things like that. So just a really good opportunity for STM uh, because once you get up to 2A, obviously you're starting to deal with schools that have a lot more students than 250, so it becomes a lot more of a challenge at that point. Yeah, Colin, I, I, that's what I was looking at when I was seeing the, the state qualifiers, and, and I, I don't know, did, did it look like more private prep kind of schools were, were making it to finals? Is that kind of par for, for the course? Is that especially, like you said, the, those higher classes, it, it looked like a, a lot right. of private schools. Right, yeah, I mean, there's a fair number, I would say. Um, I mean, but, you know, some of those schools are just uh, really good programs historically. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chicago Noble Butler has been a really good program for years. Uh, Quincy uh, Notre Dame has been a really good program for years. St. Thomas More, I mean, you look at their girls' basketball program, some people might say, oh, another private school. I mean, two years ago, they finished under 500. So, I mean, it's not, not like we're talking about a team that's just constantly r- running roughshod over the IHSA. STM girls' basketball has gone through cycles like any you know public program might. And uh, I think a fair number of private schools do, but obviously a lot of the private schools also have success. I think during football season, everybody saw it where, you know, I think it was six or seven private schools ended up winning state championships out of the eight. Uh, and everybody sees that and thinks it's, you know, and those private schools are causing a huge problem. And, you know, it's, it's not perfect, but there's not a simple, straightforward solution to it. I know everybody's going to say put all the private schools in their own tournament, but I don't think that's the most simple, straightforward solution to it that the, there's no way to make everybody happy. So um, these STM kids have worked hard. I mean, this isn't a this isn't a girls basketball team that was put together out of nowhere and just you know flash in the pan. They'll be gone again. There's some good staying power here. It's a good senior class. A lot of good athletes beyond the senior class, and pretty exciting for these girls. Did they expect to to be here? Did, were, were they talking state championship when the season started? They were. Yeah, they they went to. What it was then known as Redbird Arena, so I'm gonna keep calling it that because it's easier to say than <laughs> Sefku for me. I, I don't know what I know. Sefku's a business, but uh, Redbird Arena rolls off the tongue better. Um, they, they went to Redbird Arena last school year for the state tournament after they finished in the Sweet 16 in Class 1A, and the athletes were telling Coach Aaron Cornstrom they said, uh, 
hey, we think we can make it back here next year. I mean, considering they were returning pretty much the entire starting lineup, yeah, why not? You make it to a Sweet 16 the year before, it's certainly possible. So um, they had those aspirations from the word go. Uh, a lot of challenges along the way. They play in a really tough, mostly Class 2A conference that is the Illini Prairie Conference, so their record is not as pretty as the other three teams that are in the uh, Class 1A state semifinals this week, but it's a battle-tested group. It's a very confident group. Um, and uh, one that they're not going in there just to, to place fourth and say they got there. I think they're going in there to try and win a state championship. Colin, we'll let you go to your coverage uh, as you make your trek south, and uh, I recommend that if you're hungry, pick up an Effingham sandwich. <laughs> Effingham sandwich, I got it. All right, as, as long as I finish all my stuff in time, we will try to make it over there. <laughs> all right, very good, Colin. Appreciate it. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Colin. Give Colin a follow at CLikasNG on Twitter. And, of course, you read him in the News Gazette pages and online at uh, NewsGazette.com. We'll talk with Matt Stevens when we come back. Illini family, this is Illinois women's basketball coach Shauna Green. We're on the road tomorrow night. Listen in on News Talk 1400 and 93.9 FM. This week we had a couple of twisters come through the Champaign-Urbana area. Luckily, haven't heard anything about significant damage or injuries. But if you uh, are faced with storm damage, particularly to your roof, Swanson Roofing can help you out. And be aware, whenever storms come through, usually roofing companies or so-called companies will follow right behind. Don't go that way. Go with someone you can trust, and certainly Swanson Roofing is a company you can trust. In fact, when you call them up, you're going to talk to somebody that's part of the Swanson family or somebody that's been with the company for more than 10 years. They pride themselves on being a family-owned business and want a past small business of the year. They do quality workmanship, and they are with you start to finish. So, Swanson Roofing, find them at 217-355-ROOF or at theroofingdog.com. Congratulations to Isabel Sai, Illinois women's golfer who earned a Big Ten Golfer of the Week, had a career low 11-under for the week at the Icon Invitational and set a program record with a second-round 63. I could only hope to get there in about nine holes. Golf school. You see the men? They they won they their tournament as yep. well. Came back from seven, eight strokes down. That's That's kind of their thing, right? Yep. They just close it out and, and keep building steam. So congratulations to both Renee Sloan's squad and Matt's, excuse me, Mike Small's squad. Matt Stevens is here. And Matt, I don't know, uh, I might uh, if I'm you, I'm talking to your bosses and saying, can I get that assignment to go to Vegas and cover the men's golf team at a tournament out there? Yeah, that would have been a better option than going to Minneapolis tomorrow <laughs> to cover the women's basketball tournament, right? Like, well, from in terms a, from of weather, yes, in terms of weather, <laughs> yes. Um, I'm happy to do it. I, 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 I'm enjoying covering women, the women's basketball team this year. But uh, no, the weather would have been definitely a lot better. <laughs> it's how I felt about uh, potentially, you know. I covered an NCAA tournament in San Diego. It's how I felt about you know UCLA and USC coming to the Big Ten and potentially <laughs> playing Pebble Beach on a Friday and covering a college football game on a Saturday. Um, so I'm with you 100%. Um, I, I, you're a writer. I don't know if you've ever aspired to write 
longer things like books, but this basketball season for the men, <laughs> actually for the women too in a different way, but for the men would make for an interesting book, don't you think? Uh, today was almost another chapter. It's just, <laughs> it's just so many stories. Yeah, I mean, a lot of them are kind of a lot of them aren't uplifting. I mean, like you know what I mean? Like that's the problem with this season is that it hasn't been a roller coaster that like a lot of the time. Like it's 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 been something that has just you you get you get that short term, okay, we're on the right path and then you get, you know, dropped 200 feet on that roller coaster again. You know what I mean? That's that's where this that's that's the men's season to me, and I I, I find I, I debate on whether or not I want to say this on live radio, but I have said before, I err on I, the side of caution myself. Right, but <laughs> I, I've covered three Illini basketball seasons since I've been back, uh, you know, on the beat. Uh, this has been the least enjoyable of the Agreed. of the last three, and and the team just seems to have this air about them that's a little bit different. Um, I don't want to say it's bad but it's different to the point where I don't think there's ever been a connection there I think last year's team for as limited as they were and everybody kind of knew how limited they were they played their butt off mm-hmm. pretty much the whole year and I don't get that sense out of this team this year I I, I find the effort sometimes to be disconcerting and disappointing disconcerting at best and just dis- disappointing at worst and I, I'm, I'm going back to Sunday and Columbus when I was sitting there and going what is this like mm-hmm. God, this is not good and two years ago in the COVID year right that team was super connected mm-hmm. because you had the vets and you had the talent and then you had this all right we're locked in together and all we have I mean I, I don't really like revisiting that whole period of life but to get out of the house, get out of the apartment, was to go play basketball and try and win a championship. I, I showed myself, I sold myself short. I've done four seasons, even the season that was stopped by COVID, and God knows we all know how much that stunk. Well, we all know how much March of 2020 stunk, right? <laughs> like we all get that, right? But I was more excited about where that team could go the minute oh, yeah. the Iowa game was over than any than than a, I don't I don't want to say anybody else in the building, but as much as everybody else was that covered that team. Right, and then the season just got squashed by a global pandemic. You know, no political aspirations here, but like it just stunk. The whole thing just stunk. You're right. The COVID season that came out of after that was just they were all locked in, and it was connected, and everybody knew what their role was going to be. And while covering that was a big giant pain in the rear um, for us, I think fans got an enjoyment out of it, even though that they weren't in the building. You know. It was a very weird dynamic in that regard. A lot of that was, hey, we didn't think Io was going to come back, and he did. Last year's team was, by God, these guys just play hard. I like watching Trent Frazier and Demonte Williams and Jacob Granderson play their butt off every night, and they won a regular season Big Ten championship because they just played harder than everybody, and they played harder than the team that was also opposite of them in the building. I don't get that sense a lot. This team did not play harder than Missouri. In, in in the Enterprise Center in, no. in St. Louis. And they got they got wiped. Um they did Same not with play Penn State. All of it. I mean you could tell that they, they have a they have an inner it's called an I've heard it called an energy problem. I've kind of referred to it as a 
give a darn problem. Mm-hmm. Like there, there are times where they just they roll in there, and I think this team got real used to being called the most talented team in the Big Ten for a really long time, and then just rolled into games and thought, well, we're, like the, this team acts like sometimes when the ball is tipped, they're already up ten nothing, and that's not the reality of the situation. Or they can come back from ten nothing, and and I think you you spoke to the frustration all right, right there in that last year that that team won it and we knew going into the NCAA tournament that there were going to be teams that were more talented than, than that Illinois team that won the regular season and there were there were even games I think in the Big Ten that, that there were more talented teams I mean Brad's just Michigan's daddy and, and that's just is what it is sure. but but and we see it with this team that they heard it, but this team is probably one of the more, if not the most talented team in the Big Ten. Most nights when they go on the floor, they're better than most of the other Big Ten teams. Okay. And when they don't put in that effort, i.e. maybe Indiana last night against Iowa um, or Illinois against Ohio State, that that's where, where a lot of the frustration comes yeah, from. I will put a lot of the blame on us, too, and by us I mean media, is that w- there were a lot of narratives coming out of the preseason this year that made me want to puke. <laughs> And, and one of them was, well, now we don't have a 300-pound guy clogging up the paint and we can be more versatile and we can play five out and we can defend with so much versatility that we're going to actually be better than we were last year. And, I'm, you know, I sat there and I went, great, fine, whatever. Like, you lost a two-time All-American. Like, at the end of the day, throwing the ball into Kofi Coburn and pretty much understanding that he was either going to get fouled or you were going to get two points is a pretty dang good option in a, in a – basketball game yeah, so Purdue's been enjoying that correct type correct of so I plan. think there were a lot of narratives that came into this season that were just flat wrong and I think we're paying for that now I, but well, I still would say if, go ahead. if if you wanted to build a team from scratch amongst current players in the Big Ten yes your first pick would nobody's first pick would come off Illinois roster but a lot of three through eight might mm-hmm. um, and and so the collective I've I don't want to say I was right, but I just from the beginning felt like this is a team that may end up, and they may be 12-8 and eight right. and still have a better run in March. I still think they – I'm not going to be surprised if they're out in the first weekend. I'm not going to be surprised if they're a Sweet 16 team. What bothers me to the connectivity part that you were talking about, Scott, is that we just got done talking with two seniors today, Matt Meyer and Terrence Shannon. I asked Matt Meyer, what can happen for you guys to flip the switch and, and become your best selves in this now that we've reached the month of March? Well, we need to hit more shots because we've shot it terribly all year. I asked Terrence Shannon the same question. Well, we need to defend like we're the best team in the country. <laughs> so that's two totally polar opposite ways of thinking about both ends of the floor. Both Neither are, one of them are wrong. Both of them would probably be good. Pick one, but <laughs> but you can tell that by both of those answers, they're not connected with how they anybody on the five guys on the floor see the game of basketball. And so they're not neither one of them are wrong, but I don't think everybody is in a parallel thought process right now of how do we get to be our best selves. And that's that's the concerning part is um, you know, now with Jaden Epps's status way up in the air, I don't know where this team can go to be their best selves now that we've flipped the calendar to March. Well, the the roles have, have changed now once again, which, which has been a constant revolving door. And who knows when Jaden will be back? Hopefully, it's a Terrence Shannon situation. He's back in a week, but when you're going to the the hospital, that's a a little pause for concern. 
But I, I think it's also the dangers of, A, you're only seniors or transfers. I mean, that's kind of a good thing in that that whole class that would be seniors are now playing pro ball, I believe. Mm-hmm. So that kind of works out in, in that favor. But they, they lost all of those dogs from last year, and, and it just never has quite come together. And I, I want to be totally fair, lest because we are evaluating and discussing a team with the backdrop of a lot of success. And this still is a team. Is it still true that Underwood is the winningest coach in Big Ten in the last four years? <laughs> sure. And it's impossible is, for This is still Painter a team that I don't know what kind of uh, stars have to align, but Illinois is still like a game out of the two seed in the in the conference uh, so <laughs> yeah i'm just trying to i understand that, that you know everyone's a kind of a little like on pins and needles with this team from a fan perspective because well, they've been so hit or miss but uh, i'm not trying to carry water for anybody i'm just trying to make sure this is a balanced picture well the, the, we were saying it yesterday that this team this conference everybody's going to be defined by two weeks in march how good is the Big Ten will be defined two weeks from now? You know, how good is this Illinois team will be defined two weeks from now? But you just described the f- most frustrating part of my job because that, <laughs> that happened in October. You know what I mean? Like the, 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 the most frustrating part of my job, and the coolest thing I thought about last year's team was I talk about their give a darn. They gave a serious darn about being a regular season Big Ten champion and, and putting up a banner in State Farm Center. This year, starting in October when practices started, has all been about what? Get March, to the March. get to the second week of the tournament. Yep. Get to the second week of the tournament. And it has made the entire season up to that point pretty much irrelevant. Like let let's just be real about what the, what we're talking about here. And, and then what happened? Illinois became real mi- mediocre in the part that we all consider me- like irrelevant. And I don't think that this has been seeped into the coaching staff and what he's telling what they're telling the players. But guess what? These guys walk around all day long, like in the real world. And they've been told by outside influences all the time. Second week in March. Gotta get to the second week of the tournament. The you know, the month of March is all that matters. And their give a darn factor in November, December, January, February and February wasn't there and it wasn't where it should have been to where they could have been part of raising another banner at state farm center and they just didn't give a darn enough to do it and that's that's the frustrating part i think of this season for a lot of the fans but that was the mentality of this fan base going into the fall so let's 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 evaluate what this is for what it is and i i am in the minority i am not okay with 10 and 10 in the regular season or 12 and 8 in the regular season and then just making a run in march and thinking the whole year was fantastic because it wasn't yeah well I agree but there are and i'm i'm t- i'm here to tell you too so that there are people in college athletics that would say Juwan Howard is outcoached Brad Underwood because he's had better success in the very ends of February and into March. And I, you may have, this is not a, not to launch a debate about who is, but I'm just saying, maybe you think Juwan Howard doesn't hold a candle to Brad Underwood, or maybe you think the opposite. But when it comes to the window of basically the postseason, there are people in college athletics will say, that's what we have to look at. That's not good for the sport. I, agree. I will I will argue that point. I'm not saying it's, that I'm I in the minority. I think that's people. how that's how college football has gotten to the way that it is. That's it's why going the to Big be the Ten, way it is when they go to twelve, not when they go to four. I don't know that they're four right. That's now. why right. that's why the Big Ten is not making any 
not hiding at all. When we put out this new schedule, our number one priority is how many teams do we get in the college football playoff? Mm -hmm. And you have Gary Barda over at Iowa saying, well, I still think we need a conference championship. There's too many financial ramifications if we don't. Cool. You're still going to have one. Right. <laughs> he is going to have one, but he's, he's, he's almost, I mean, because it begs the question, what do you need a conference championship for in football? If this all just goes back to what's the meaning of the body of work versus what you do at the very end. You need a revenue producing thing where you can put 80,000 people in the stands. The conference gets that money. And although, yeah. by the way, if you do what the Big 12 has been doing for the last three years and just take the number one and the number two team and put them in that building and have a Big <laughs> Ten championship game, you can have one. Like, oh, yeah, he is saying, yes, we will have one, and it will be – it is attractive. I feel like the un- – like, what is he really saying? Well, let's play the game of what is he really saying. Gary Barta wants to have divisions. Like, that's that's the that's the thing that well, Gary Barta is saying that he's not saying. Well, but he knows that's it's not I happening understand. anymore. But he also obvious. knows that he's not going to get to play his f- f- seven rivalry <laughs> games that involve some sort of animal or – wastebasket product like so like i mean give me a break like he's saying a lot of things without saying it trust me we got to take a break okay. i think i was had a larger point i'm not sure if it, okay. i'd made it or not but we'll continue to banter about in, in just a moment you're listening to sports talk on dws join us today during the jeep celebration event right now get 20 percent below msrp for an average of 15,178 under msrp on the purchase of a 2023 jeep grand cherokee overland 4xe or summit 4xe not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Well, Ty Rogers may be playing an even more important role tomorrow with uh, Jaden Epps out. By the way, an official statement just came out. If you missed the news earlier, uh, Jaden Epps was hospitalized. Here's the official word from Illinois basketball after what Brad Underwood shared at his press conference today that Jaden Epps had an incident during Tuesday's practice. After on-site evaluation, he was taken to Carl Hospital by DIA, DIA Sports Medicine personnel where he was evaluated overnight. Epps has now been diagnosed with a concussion. He was released from the hospital earlier today and remains under the care of DIA's sports medicine team and Carl Physicians. He's recovering in Champaign with his parents. End of the statement. Nothing said specifically about his status going forward, but I think we would all be very surprised if he's in uniform within the next week or two. Yeah, I think the the, the here's the two things that bothered me. One was, um, and Scott, you were there too. The way that Brad Underwood worded it, and I think that's why this statement is now coming out. Um, this is going to be a dated reference for certain people, but I, I really thought he was describing like a Hank Gathers type situation where he's just standing in the middle of the court and then mm. drops, just right? Collapse, yeah. um, from what I understand and like what our team at Illini guys have kind of tried to understand is that that's kind of what happened, but it was after some sort of physical contact um, where he kind of collapsed in a way that, a body shouldn't like you normally you protect yourself when you fall and Mm -hmm. he didn't do that and that was what the concerning thing was um and that's why he went to the hospital the other concerning thing that when underwood said was that his parents are here his parents are from virginia like oh yeah so like it's serious at at that point you're like oh 
okay, like we got a, we got a deal here. And it, and that's not a, hey, he got knocked around in practice and he might have a concussion. I just felt like, hey, if mom and dad are here, it might we don't know what this is like at the very, very, I, I, I don't know if they knew at the moment what it was. And so, um, I don't know, like again, concussion deal, Io's deal was different than Terrence Shannon's deal. And, you know, different than Io's deal was different than Kofi's deal when Kofi got a concussion after playing Purdue. Right. Mm-hmm. And so different than Curbelo's. Right. And all of those things are different. So I don't know how to evaluate this other than to say, I, I clearly he won't be playing against Michigan and I don't know when they're going to get him back. Okay, so I want you to evaluate something that has happened versus something that may happen. Okay, was would last? Would you? This is you personal. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't want you to to take on the opinions of Illinois fans because Lord oh, knows what that trust is. Trust me, I got my whip in a chair. I'm I'm well versed in doing this. I'll stand <laughs> on the island. Trust me. So, w- w- which would be considered a more successful season? What Illinois did last year, regular season title out in the round, second round, or this year, ending up eleven and nine, twelve and eight, in a Sweet Sixteen. What what would be more successful? I thought last year's team was more would be more successful, and the reason I say that is because you have like I find more than more than anything, I find the NCAA tournament to be a crapshoot, and so I feel like over not only Brad will talk about twenty Big Ten games, but I. Over four over four months, I know whether or not a team was good or not. And and Joel and Bead's Kansas team that got beat by Northern Iowa and you know in the second round of the NCAA tournament was really freaking good. Like I I, I got to be honest. And the fact that they didn't get to the second weekend of the tournament, you know, I know what you want is you want to have both, right? You want to be really good over maybe three months and then put it together for six games in the tournament, right? You want both. Um, but no, you're, you're definitely putting me on the island because I think 99.8% of the fan base here at Illinois would say option two, going to the second week of the tournament means a successful season. The problem I have with that is, is that I don't really enjoy covering a team that farts away the first three and a half months of the season and then it's two like, good games, and, two good games, and thinks like a light switch. Well, we can turn it on. The other problem I have with that is, is that usually you are what you have been the last three and a half months, and so if this team thinks they can flick a light switch and suddenly become what they haven't been for you know a month and a half, I, I find that hard to believe because. Here's the thing about the NCAA tournament. Every team you're going to play from that on is good, and they want to be there too. Mm-hmm. So from a, you, from a okay, talent-for-talent talent standpoint, there's not going to be a huge advantage for Illinois. And from a you know, motivation standpoint, there better not be a big advantage mm-hmm. you know, in, in favor of the other teams. So I don't know how to evaluate it other than I, I just think there's a personal pride issue in putting up a banner at State Farm Center, which last year's team did and the team the year before that did, by winning a Big Ten tournament championship. And I feel like, you know, there's some pride in that. Mm-hmm. And some would argue they were the pride in putting that tournament banner was up was because they felt they should have rightfully put up a banner Correct. for the conference cha- for Correct. the regular season championship mm-hmm. and then they got to do that the next year. And and this year they won't, but um, they can put up a banner they haven't put up in a while. If they get to, I don't know if you get a banner for Sweet Sixteen, but it'll be remembered. <laughs> That's the other thing too is that like, like I, I look at it. I mean, I I don't know. I don't know. Illinois fans aren't going to care about you know Purdue. 
But I look about it from Matt Painter's perspective, and like that fan base is literally thinks the year's a failure if they don't go to the Final Four because they haven't been there since 1980. Like, and so like, and they've had so many good teams. They've had so many good teams, and like I get it. Like, but like to be Final Four crazy, that's at another level that Illinois fans aren't at yet. I, mm-hmm. I grant you, but like I, I, again, I just I I am not enjoying. A, a farting away of a three-and-a-half-month regular season in which you could have also been a co-regular season champion this year. Yes. And and that's not going to happen because you didn't bring it to the court on certain nights, and that's frustrating. Can we play a fun game real quick? Yeah. Something we were kicking around. I don't ar- feel like this is going to be fun. No, it, it, like, it absolutely okay. is. We were, we were kicking it around at like midnight last week on post game, and it's like, okay, let's go to bed. So, so we didn't do it. I, I want to play uh, who gets a new job. Oh God! This is not a fun game. This is a this is a fun game. Okay, go ahead. Because it, it has nothing to do with the Big Ten for the most part. Okay. So like right. a, a guy like John Calipari that's back in the top twenty five and into the tournament. No, no, no new job for him. No. no, no, no. Wait, are you saying because he's been made to find a new job, or he wants a new job? Either way. Okay. Will he be employed somewhere well, else next year? Is the game okay? Well, that I, I guess that takes me on one that that is closer to the Big Ten. Chris Holtman. Does he have a new job? No, no, no. I wasn't there because I left to go interview Coleman Hawkins and uh, Ty Rogers in the hallway of the Ohio State arena. But apparently, Chris Holman pledged his allegiance to Ohio State on okay. Sunday after he won. So I'm pretty sure we're done with. It. And I and I I have an understanding that that was done because there was some rumors that he might have been headed elsewhere, Ole Miss, um, and. I that didn't seem like a fit. I don't buy it, but I I don't not buy that Chris Holtman wouldn't be trying to get out of a potential hot seat situation. Um, but no, I think he'll be in Columbus next year. Ohio okay. State tends not to pull the trigger very quickly on their non. Well, they, they haven't yeah, had to I mean, with they, football. They let they let Thad walk away. They, right? No, they, Gene Smith fired him. Was he really fired? Yeah, I mean, it was one of those deals where it was if he hadn't walked like away, Mark it was going to happen. Yeah. Um, and that was a weird deal because it was in the summer, and Gene looked at the recruiting class and went, "Uh oh, this isn't going to get any better. Like we need, I, mean, I got to make a move." So, no, but I think Chris is going to do fine. He's got another recruiting class coming in that's pretty darn good. So I think they're all right. I, I think that would be overreactionary yeah. on the part oh, yeah. of, of Ohio State if they wanted to say goodbye. And I, I don't see how that's a step up. Is there a door number three, or was that it? Yeah, yeah. Dude. I mean, okay. I've got I've got all kinds of names okay. because I think this is going to be a really exciting coach. We're letting Evan be Monty Hall here. But yeah. Okay, go ahead. Rick Pitino. Does Rick Pitino get a power uh, a power job? Are we considering the Big East jobs a power job? Yeah. He should. Like, if you're Georgetown or you're St. John's, go ahead, pull the trigger and hire him. Like, I'm sorry, Mike Anderson has not been let go from St. John's yet, but, um. I guess technically Patrick Ewing hasn't been let go from Georgetown Box out. yet, but like, <laughs> y- 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 like, do you remember on. him yelling that on every free? I throw? I was not at the Georgetown game. You got to remember, <laughs> it would get dead quiet. Illinois would get ready to shoot a free throw, and then Patrick Ewing would just yell "Box out" as the Illini player. Here's what I'll say releasing. about Patino. Like again, this is part of what did he say and what didn't he say? Game that I like to play. What is it that he's not saying? When he gave that little thing, the soliloquy about. Well, there's 60 power jobs. About 45 of them are in places I don't really want to live. Uh-huh. I'm never going to work in the Big Ten because they fired my son. <laughs> I literally retweeted it and said, 
just say you want the Georgetown or the St. John's job and make everything else easy. Like, like just make it more a concise quote than this. Um, but yeah, I, I think I don't know if they'll hire him. I, I think there might be more viable options for a Georgetown or a St. John's or even a Notre Dame. Um, Tony Kornheiser has made the joke that if Notre Dame hires him, they can evolve. Uh, they, it's, an, it's another Catholic school like Iona, and they can you know wash away all his sins. Um, <laughs> but like, I think that Rick Pitino will have the opportunity potentially to have a better job than Iona next year if he wants to do that. Okay, last one. This one's probably the most controversial. Does Chris Beard get a new job? Yes. You think so? I, Chris Beard wants to get a new job. And it's somebody will hire him. Chris Beard wants. I'll, I'll, I'll just put it out there right now. If if Chris Beard was in power and could make it happen by waving a magic wand, he'll be in Oxford, Mississippi next year. Going to take over the SEC. I, I'm just telling you, like, if if Chris Beard could make could do that, I'll tell you what I have heard about Ole Miss, which I don't know how many people in this radio airwaves care, but. Um, Two people that are on their on their radar right now are Chris Beard and Will Wade. And the great thing about that is Will Wade just got done with his NCAA infractions hearing in Dallas, Texas last week. Uh-huh. So huh. Like and so yeah, those are those are two people that are on the watch list for an A D that played point guard basketball at Ole Miss needs that place to be they need basketball to be viable there. They have a really good facility. And there are two coaches out there that they think can go get players and be really, really good for them. Just win, baby, win. Just means more, Kevin. It always has. <laughs> it always <laughs> will. It does. I want to remind you all that a day like this reminds us about how fun and nice it'll be to be outside again. And that's where See You Under Construction can help you out. If you've got a dream for something in your house on the exterior, right now is the time to get on the calendar for See You Under Construction so that you're not under construction on the time when you want to be enjoying outdoors. Give them a call right now. If it's something with a deck or a pergola or the exterior look of your home. And by the way, they can do plenty of things on the interior of your home, whether it's a renovation, a redo, an addition, uh, see you under construction with a team of trade experts with them on their staff to help project and game plan any problem out there. So see you under construction at seeyouunderconstruction.com. Matt Stevens, it's always a treat to visit with you. Enjoy the wild ride and safe travels up to Minneapolis. You'll be seeing Illinois play Rutgers because they just beat Northwestern. They'll play Rutgers again. They have good memories and good vibes against them after a 20-plus point win. And Shauna Green and I, Connor Green feels a lot better about our basketball team. I was talking to her the other day. And so I think it could be a potentially longer ride than people estimate in Minneapolis. We'll wrap after this. All right, Evan, we had a good show. We appreciate we Brett Bielma, Colin Likas, Matt Stevens. And uh, tomorrow you and Lauren will be holding down the fort for pregame and postgame as well. And uh, we'll be checking in, I'm sure, on Friday. Absolutely. It's going to be a, a, a line-eye-filled weekend here on the airwaves. So it's, stay tuned. It's very mad here in March. Yes, sir. Very mad. 
Appreciate Ed Bond on the other side helping us out as well. Don't forget, men's hoops tomorrow. We'll break away in the middle of it for women's hoops. They'll play Rutgers in the Big Ten Tournament, and as they win, they are, their games will keep airing here as well on News Talk 1400 at 93.9 FM, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana. It's 6 o'clock. Good night. Good night.